0: Welcome to Soccer 101, the podcast where we lay down the facts on the biggest topics within the beautiful game. On this edition, we're focusing on the annual championship game at the pinnacle of US soccer. MLS Cup. What is it? How does it work? Woo indeed! What are its origins? And why are teams from the Pacific Northwest so good at getting into it? My name is Ryan Bailey. Also here today, you
1: heard him. Woo, Graham Rudman. USA and Canada. USA and
0: Canada. <laughs> Excellent addendum. Taylor Rockwell, hello sir. That was
2: outstanding. I will never be able to beat that introduction, so I will just be quiet. Very well, Joe
3: Lowry. <laughs> Hello, yeah, Graham. That was brilliant, Graham. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the time signature was on that one and whether we can make it stick. But we'll uh, we'll work on that, Graham. Um, how are you guys feeling about MLS Cup as we record? It is on the near horizon. Taylor, have you got your Roblo MLS baseball cap on? A little tiny triangle flag that says MLS Cup on it. <laughs> Oh,
2: that hat will forever be hilarious to me. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go to Target. I'm going to get my generic MLS gear to be ready for this game. Uh, But even before I do that, I am excited about this one. I think Uh, talking with Joe and Jordan has made me feel prepared for the game but also really enthusiastic uh, to see how it plays out I think it's going to be an incredible atmosphere I'm excited for Joe to get to be there in person uh, Mm. to see the Portland faithful be loud from start to finish I've heard a couple different players talk about how intimidating that stadium can be in very specific ways that makes me think they're not just BSing they actually mean it so Joe I'm pretty excited for you buddy
3: I can't wait. I'm I'm super excited. I've been to one MLS Cup before. That was back in 2019 in Seattle when the Sounders beat Toronto FC at home. I'm stoked to be there. I've never been to Providence Park before, so to get to see a game there is going to be a ton of fun. To see the crowd and and to watch what I think will be a really fun game of soccer.
0: A lot of listeners out there, guys, are saying, what is this game you speak of? What is this MLS Cup? Let's lay it on the line. Taylor, I'll come to you first. Um, Let's get it out of the way. The nomenclature of MLS Cup. It's not MLS Cup Final. It's MLS Cup, right? So it's MLS Cup Playoffs and then MLS Cup. Did I get it right? I I suppose so. I
2: will admit that I still call it MLS Cup Final or MLS Cup Championship because that makes more sense to me because MLS Cup does seem to be the playoffs. So I am probably the wrong person to ask. All I know is that you should just never call it the MLS. And I think as long as you don't do that,
0: you'll be okay. No definite articles around here. Check. So Taylor, uh, a quick summary. What is MLS Cup? What was your introduction to this show, Ryan? Annual championship game in
2: the U.S. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Annual championship game uh, in Major League Soccer. <laughs> uh, after the regular season, after the playoffs, you have your two finalists. And then the way it works, Ryan, this is a novel idea. Uh, they play each other, and then whoever wins is the champion. Go fascinating.
0: on. Fascinating fascinating <laughs> stuff. Uh, Joe, uh, what do the MLS Cup champions get for their win? Their prize money or their... their what, what, what do they get? Tell us about it.
3: Yeah, so there is some cash involved. We can start there. Under the CBA that ran the collective bargaining agreement that ran from 2015 to 2019, uh, that's the, the version I could find online. There's been a more recent version published since then, or at least that's that's been enacted since then. And let Cup champions get $275,000 and the runners-up get $80,000. That money is then put into a team bonus pool and can be divided among the players and maybe some staff. I don't know exactly how that works. That info is not included in the CBA But they get a chunk of change, so that's step one, and it's a little bit more now, at least that's my understanding. They also get a CCL berth. The team that wins MLS Cup gets to go and play in the CONCACAF Champions League, which is cool. And the landscape surrounding... Uh, Competitions within the North and Central American region is changing as Leagues Cup becomes, or we think it will become more important in the future as that tournament grows and and really there's investment there. It's going to change. And so the importance of CCL is a a bit up in the air, but at least historically and for the near future. That's a pretty important thing. And it gives MLS a chance to try and establish itself in their region, which still hasn't fully happened yet. So money, uh, trophy, the actual MLS Cup, getting to lift that is a big deal yeah and then uh and then playing in ccl was pretty cool too and, and can we talk about the the trophy itself because i'm a bit of a, a
1: nerd who likes trophy design so there's there's been three different trophy designs for mls cup the first one was used in 1996 and 1997 and it was honestly a shambles <laughs> frankly it, you should google it if you haven't seen it it was like the sort of trophy that used to get handed out at my like the the kids' team that I used to play. Like the everyone used to get like a participation trophy. I, I can't understand why that was given out at, in the first two seasons of MLS. <laughs> then you had the second version from nineteen ninety seven to, to- two thousand and seven, which looked very um, Super Bowl esque. I'm scrambling for the name of the Super Bowl trophy. What is it called? The, the Lombardi the- Trophy. Yes, yeah. the Vince Lombardi Trophy. The thing that Tom Brady nearly threw in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, it very <laughs> much looked like that while and now, giving covid while giving covid to it at the same time yeah yep. and now you have the third trophy <laughs> in MLS cup history which has been used since 2008 and it looks a bit like the european cup which is to my eye anyway a lot better and looks a lot more like a soccer trophy
0: Oh wow! Well, if we're going to do some Champions League snobbery, I should also note about the prize money. Uh, the winner of the European Champions League gets twenty million euros and a total of around eighty five for going through the competition, which uh, is a little higher than the uh, two. what well, we're talking about three hundred grand for the winner, Joe. I think you said there um, for MLS Cup. Uh, I'm I'm pleased that it's within the CBA, and that's I presume the players are getting that split out as a bonus rather than that goes to allocation money. So at least the players can get like cigars and fur coats and whatever players. (laughs) I've been watching a lot of that Beatles documentary, I'm assuming, that's all people buy when they uh, get wealthy. Um, Also worth noting is the TV viewership numbers, which I have here. The 2020 MLS Cup game uh, looks to have got about a million viewers, just over a million viewers on Fox in 2019, just over 800,000. 2018, one and a half million, it says here, for Fox. Um, So it seems, I was going to say trending up, but maybe not, so...
3: That. It's a bit it's a bit up in the air right now, Ryan. The TV numbers aren't where MLS wants them to be. I will say the numbers when you combine in the Spanish language broadcasts are a lot better and, and they do they've been up over a million viewers. I think every year since 2012, so there's been some positive trends in that way, and the numbers have been right under 2 million for the last few seasons. The most watched, though, MLS Cup was all the way back in 1996, from what I could find, which had 3.1 million viewers on ABC. So it it has not lived up to the, the ratings for the first few MLS Cups, but I would be surprised if those numbers didn't continue to grow, albeit slowly, over the next decade or so, yeah, and, and and this very much feels
1: like I've said this on the podcast before—a bit of a final frontier for for MLS. The TV numbers, not just for MLS Cup, for, but for the regular season and the playoffs. And if you compare the TV viewership for MLS's championship game, MLS Cup, to some of the the other um, you know big sporting leagues in America, it, it, it's fair to say it lags behind quite significantly. Obviously. You know, the Super Bowl has giant, giant numbers, 91 million. I don't think MLS will ever reach that. But even, you know, the Stanley Cup Finals, um, the average viewership for those games was was 2.5 million. So that's still quite a bit above MLS Cup. You know, the World Series is at 12 million. NBA Finals average is, is just under 10 million. So while MLS Cup in a lot of senses has actually surpassed, you know, you would say the NHL and maybe the NBA in terms of attendance, TV still is an area where it feels like they've yet to crack it. Gentlemen,
0: we need to dig into the origins of this competition, maybe look at some of the teams who've dominated, some underdog stories, and our favorite MLS Cups. We're going to do that very shortly.
2: Today's episode of Soccer 101 is brought to you by ExpressVPN, who would like to remind you that every time you connect to an unencrypted network, be it at a cafe, a hotel, an airport, anywhere else, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data. And that means passwords, that means financial details, that means stuff you don't want anyone else to see. But when you use ExpressVPN, you are effectively using Hacker Kryptonite. It's the easiest and most effective way to protect your internet traffic and keep your identity private online. When you connect to a secure VPN server, your internet traffic goes through an encrypted tunnel that no one can see into. And that includes hackers, governments, or even your internet service provider. But what about super hackers, you might say? Hugh Jackman and Swordfish. We all know the most realistic depiction of a hacker that there's ever been. Well, it would take a hacker and even a super hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. But it does not take that long to get it up and running. Uh, it is very easy to use ExpressVPN. You fire up the app, you click one button, and you get protected. It works on all devices, phones, laptops, tablets, and more, so you can stay secure on the go. And that is exactly how, say, Soccer 101 host Ryan Bailey uses his ExpressVPN subscription to uh, log in securely, but then he can still access stuff here in the United States because he has a US IP address, so he can then watch, say, games on Peacock or things like that. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash soccer. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash soccer. And you can get an extra three months for free. Expressvpn.com slash soccer. Thank you very much to ExpressVPN for sponsoring today's show.
0: Welcome back to Soccer 101. We are talking about MLS Cup. Just before the break, Joe Lowry mentioned the inaugural edition of MLS Cup in 1996, which went to Golden Goal Overtime, a win for DC United in Foxborough that was. Taylor, I come to you. Will you talk a little bit about the origins and the manner in which this competition has changed over the years, please, sir? Yeah, sure. Uh, In
2: 1996, it is at a... (laughs) neutral venue. It is the, the inaugural competition. It is worth noting that when MLS was uh, first came to be, there was a discussion about would it be a sort of single table system like most of Europe or would they go with the more American style playoffs like with the NASL uh, and that is what they did. So they went playoffs from the beginning, obviously with fewer teams making it because there were fewer teams in existence uh, from 1996 until 2011. It's played in a neutral site. We've talked about this, I think, Last time we talked about playoffs and maybe in a couple other shows, uh, but then they moved in 2012 and since to it being hosted by the finalist with the highest regular season. Standing Three teams, when it was in the neutral site selection, did get to play at their home stadium. DC United in 97, New England in 2002, and the Galaxy in 2011. So uh, some coincidence there, or maybe some uh, very good teams earning it there. But then since then, it's been the top seed getting to host.
0: Uh, Joe, golden goal overtime in that first contest, as I mentioned. Has the format changed at all over the years?
3: Oh, I love that. Well, Golden Goal is gone, RIP, and we've, we've discussed that in the past. Um, the format of the, the specific game, Ryan, or the format in terms of how that game was actually constructed in, in the playoffs surrounding it?
0: lay both on me Joe
3: (laughs) I don't know specifics about how the format of the game has changed obviously Golden Goal has gone away and MLS, okay I guess I do know specifics guys I'm lying here, (laughs) MLS has gone away from the 35 yard run up penalties that they were known for earlier on in the league's existence so now, today we just get 90 minutes of regulation, if the score is tied it goes to extra time, if the score is still tied we go to penalties, the standard stuff, and in terms of how the playoffs have changed over the years, we discussed this a little bit in a past Soccer 101 episode, if you want to scroll down a bit in your feed. We talked about how MLS has gone from combining teams with the best records and sticking them all in the bracket, or they've split it into East and West, which is where it is now. They've changed the number of teams. They've messed with the buys. It's been uh, two-legged playoff races. Now it's back to single leg this year in, in 2021, as we're recording now. Seven teams made it from the Eastern Conference, seven teams made it from the Western Conference. Top seed got a bye, and then the the teams battled it out from there, and the the one seeds are joining in after round one. So it has certainly changed over the years, but right now the actual format of the actual MLS Cup makes a lot of sense. And Ryan, one other
2: change that I thought you would appreciate. Uh, I am confident in saying that if you go back and were to watch the 96 game, you will see a clock counting down to zero you will not see that clock counting up so there were those little like um, uh, americanisms americanizations uh that have slowly i think been weeded out as they've gone towards the more standard format the more standard sort of setup and even the neutral i guess moving away from the neutral venue would be deviation because you do have the champions league played in a neutral site but so maybe that's the uh the the lone outlier there
0: Or was there a buzzer at zero, Taylor? I I hope so. I feel like there was probably some sort of siren, yes. I bet the crowd counted down at a very minimum. Wonderful stuff there. Uh, Why don't we talk about the teams who've dominated, uh, who've done the best in this contest? Uh, Graham, by my calculations, La Galaxy, the French team, have done the best.
1: Yeah, so I I looked at kind of eras of of domination to answer that question. So initially you had that DC United side that, that you would say were the first MLS Cup dynasty. They won three of the... The first four M L S cuts between ninety six and ninety nine, then you oh. had um I would say Bruce Arena's LA Galaxy era as well, um, when they won three of four MLS Cups between 2011 and 2014, and this obviously coincided with the the Beckham Robbie Keane, Landon Donovan era around that time, and for me I remember a lot about that time in MLS because that is, that's kind of what drew me in to the league, it was around about that time that I started to watch MLS until then I don't think you could watch MLS in the UK, and obviously with Beckham playing and doing well in the league I think... Um, Was it ESPN or BT? BT wouldn't have been around at that time, but ESPN got the rights and then Sky took the rights, so it was much easier for me to watch. Um, And then I guess if we're talking about dynasties, there's a bit of a shared dynasty recently between... Uh, Seattle and Toronto with uh, three MLS Cup finals between those two teams between 2016 and 2019 with the Sounders winning two and TFC winning one and then if I have to look at other sides that have uh, really made MLS Cup their own I guess you would mention uh, Dominic Kinnears, Houston Dynamo side that won back-to-back championships 2006 and 2007 and then they also made back-to-back finals in 2011 and 2012 ran up against that uh, arena's uh, LA galaxy team that i previously mentioned
0: indeed uh, the galaxy with five wins the winningest team in the winningest goodness me the mm. winningest team in the, <laughs> the most winningest right
2: the most the most
0: winningest a team in all of mls cup history spare a thought by the way for new england revolution five appearances in mls cup <laughs> yep. zero win hey ryan you want to hear me make uh the people of boston really angry are you to a Mark Wahlberg? Uh, five, five, <laughs> five appearances? Zero wins? Say to huh? your mother for me.
2: Uh, no, what I am going to say is, yes, five appearances, zero wins. Some would say that would make them the Buffalo Bills of Major League Soccer.
0: There you go. People of Boston, I look forward to your hate mail. Taylor, you're going to be thrown through a table at some point for that, I'm (laughs) sure. Um, Taylor, I'll stick with you to talk about, the uh, are there any underdog stories in MLS Mm. Cup? There was no RSL fairy tale this year, but have we any kind of stories for the little guy? Yeah, keep that team in mind. I would say there's
2: an honorable mention for the LA Galaxy, which is an odd thing to say, but in 2005, when they beat New England, uh, they qualified for the playoffs by one point, and that's essentially Landon Donovan, Hercules Gomez, and then a lot of people who are. working Working very hard, uh, and they do get that win. So I think just because they were very close to not qualifying, I would put them in that category. But the major one for me would be in 2009 RSL beating the LA Galaxy uh, on penalties, one to one after regulation, seven rounds of penalties. Nick Romando with three big saves in that shootout. But RSL only qualified for the playoffs on the final day after results in three other games eliminated five other teams competing for the final two playoff spots. And this is where it gets confusing, uh, because at that time, because of the imbalance in teams and the geography of the country, uh, you had wildcard spots. And basically those wildcard teams would be put into whichever conference playoffs needed more teams is the rough way of explaining it which meant that rsl were put into the eastern conference playoffs there they knocked out the columbus crew who are the reigning champions and the supporter shield winners they get past the chicago fire and they win in the final over the la galaxy i would say that makes them underdogs and that sort of cements the
1: early legacy of jason christ which has since been uncemented and and I would also give a, an honourable mention not in terms of that maybe the team on the pitch being an underdog but last year with the Columbus crew as well in terms yeah. of what happened to that yeah. club so a club that was very nearly moved to Texas a club that was sh- uh, saved by the the sheer determination of its fans and then they went on to Win MLS Cup in their own stadium, which is getting or has been replaced now as the home stadium of of the Crew. Um, they finished fourth in Eastern Conference, so they weren't they weren't a, a you know a, a poor team by any stretch. But yeah, in terms of that that whole tale, um, mm-hmm. a, a bit of an under underdog story and a bit of a sort of average Joe's gym story.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'd like to throw some wrenches at Anthony Precourt, that's for sure, Graham. Um, why? I've got stay with you, Graham, to ask you this question. Why is the MLS Cup winner deemed more important than the supporters shield you and i graham come from um countries where traditionally the winner of the league over x amount of games is deemed <laughs> the winner of that season so is it is how do you feel about the the fact that that's you know put aside for a playoff system
1: yeah well it's more important because uh, mls says it's more important i guess uh, <laughs> no i mean I, I suppose the increased prize money as an indicator and you know, I'm joking, but genuinely, if a league says a game is a championship game, then most clubs and players and fans will gear their season towards that. I'm I'm mixed on my feelings towards playoffs. I've said that before on one-on-one, I think. Um in, in terms of their individual spectacle, I think they're they're brilliant. I look at the English championship playoffs where it's a straight playoff system, four teams go in and they're all kind of on a level footing and the winner goes up. I think that's a great use of the playoff system. I I struggle a little bit with the complexity of the MLS playoffs and how MLS Cup is set. Um but in terms of the, the individual match it's always watchable. I will I will certainly watch it uh this weekend. But maybe the maybe the guys who have kind of more of an American grounding in American sports can maybe answer that more succinctly
3: than I can. I'll take a stab. I, I think I push back a little bit on the premise of your question, Ryan. Yes, Graham. To go back to what you're talking about here, MLS says MLS Cup is important, and it's it's a fun game, right? There's a build up to it. The playoffs are leading to it. It is a it's a very American thing, and so it has value. But I think it totally depends on the person, on the on the consumer, and on the American soccer stakeholder as to whether or not they think MLS Cup is more important than the Supporters Shield. For fans who maybe don't spend as much time watching soccer, who and who are a little maybe a little bit newer to the sport. I think they're much more inclined to think of MLS Cup as being the thing. But for a lot of us that pay attention to soccer and, and really follow the sport religiously and pay attention to it in a lot of different countries, I think we're a little more hesitant to say that the MLS Cup winner is the team from Major League Soccer in that season, or that MLS Cup in general is more important or should be more important than the supporters shield. I am I'm a supporter shield guy through and through in that I think the team that wins the supporter shield is by far the best team in Major League Soccer, and they've done the most impressive thing that season. So I think it's hugely specific on the individual person when you're trying to ask that question.
2: And I think that was a really impressive answer, given that Joe was also disarming a bomb while giving it.
3: It wasn't Taylor, it wasn't me. I don't know who that was, but uh, uh, yeah, thank that,
2: you.
1: That was me. My, my shopping has arrived. At door.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Graham was disarming the bomb. It sounded like a smoke alarm. You made more electronics explode. Graham. I assume that was what it was. I,
1: I have to admit, I did check around the room to make sure that nothing oh. was on fire. But it's the Sainsbury's <laughs> van outside.
0: I, I think um, the reason I pitched the question, Joe, is because I've been burned by the playoff system as a Carolina Panthers fan, watching us go fifteen and one and then lose the lose the um, the Super Bowl quite badly. Oh, yeah, that hurt. I suppose.
3: Yeah. No, it, it, it's it's an emotional thing, right? This is. This playoffs are are designed to draw people in and they're designed to be a little crazy and a little chaotic. And when you go through that and you advance through that as a team, there are not many feelings in life, I think, that are better than that. So I'm not saying it's not important and I'm not saying that a lot of folks out there don't put more weight on it and and buy into it more than they do to the supporter shield. But I I think they're so different that logically it's kind of hard to compare them and label one as being more important than the other. Although maybe I'm in the minority on that and I'm, I'm totally okay with that
0: wonderful stuff all right gents um are there any changes we think that mls cup should make i mean it has it is a is a league and it's a system where changes have been made and experimentation has been done and to mls's credit they do try new things quite often um taylor what do you think uh any changes to the tiebreakers bring back those crazy halfway line penalties maybe bring back a neutral venue any thoughts
2: I mean, you, you will always get me to advocate for 35-yard uh, NASL-style penalty shootouts. I think we're not going to see that because I do think MLS is happy to kind of more closely follow the FIFA model when it comes to how games are played and decided. I I wouldn't mind seeing them try like the neutral venue site again. Not saying it has to go back to that every single time, but I I do think it would allow for just a bit more spectacle and a bit more hype. And you would, as I said, I think previously, you'd be able to kind of plan a bit more, get more fans in attendance. But I think, to Graham's point about TV viewership, I I do think there's something to promoting it. And you can, just even saying where it's going to be, it's really weird to have to promote an event like like 10 days out and say like site TBD that's an odd thing Uh, normally that would mean chaos is happening instead MLS that's sort of the norm and I think just to be able to promote it with that neutral venue and you can decide on the location ahead of time to be able to combat weather or whatever the issues might be I think that could be interesting to go back to it and see what happens but I also understand why they want those sort of fans in attendance that sort of atmosphere behind it to uh to keep things good for the TV viewers.
0: Graham, any changes you would suggest? Maybe like two balls on the field or something.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I always uh, advocate for that, whether it's MLS or any other league. That would just make everything better. But no, I, I think I, I've said it before with regards to, to playoffs. Logistically, I understand the difficulties, but I would I would like somehow MLS to, in a way, get rid of the the East West conference thing because for me. I like to see rivalries in, in um you know big championship games. I think back to the Madrid Derby in the in the Champions League final, the various Manchester Derbies that have been in FA Cup finals and, and I do think MLS loses out on 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 that um kind of prospect a little bit. There are some great rivalries in, in MLS and the fact that none of them or very few of them can happen in MLS Cup is is a bit of a shame. As I say, I do understand there's a logistical um, issue, and I'm not sure how MLS would do it, but as a pipe dream sort of thing, I would like to get to that point. Oh, and then we get a draw as well, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Fancy, uh, fancy soccer things. That will be
0: fun. Yeah, lots of warm balls in a bowl being drawn out sounds fun to me. Joe, any changes you make?
3: There's not a ton. I would change. I mean, I'd be down for planes that can go really fast, so we can do what Graham just suggested. And I'm with Taylor, and we've talked about this before, about some of the challenges with the venue and, and the planning that goes into, or the lack of planning that can be done, really, until the final is set. So neutral venue at some point, I'm not sure the league is quite there yet. I think it benefits from having that built-in home support. But I, I like MLS Cup. As long as we're all on board with the playoffs as being this crazy, somewhat random thing, then it's, it's a blast to have them, and it's a blast to have this championship game.
0: It is indeed. Gents, this has been an excellent MLS Cup discussion. One final thing I'd like to get from each of you, uh, your favorite edition of MLS Cup. I will go first. Mine, I think I've mentioned it before, is the 2013 edition. Uh, yep. really drew me in. Sporting Kansas against uh, uh, Real Salt Lake in Kansas. The one that went very long. It was super, super wow. cold. There was 10 rounds of penalties. A lot of fun. Taylor?
2: Uh, For me, like... Personally, I would say it was maybe Atlanta in 2018. That was my first Mm -hmm. MLS Cup uh, experience. Uh, It wasn't the most competitive game when it happened, uh, Atlanta winning 2-0, but I think the spectacle around it and how hyped Atlanta fans were for that game was really amazing. The whole city seemed up for it. Everybody seemed to know it was happening, which honestly isn't always the case when you have big games in MLS cities, Mm -hmm. and maybe that is an argument for why it shouldn't go back to neutral venues, so I did love that one that will uh, forever be a uh, happy memory and then I, I will say for a dc united fandom perspective i always talk about the inaugural game but 1999 was my favorite i still own that vhs of the 1999 dc united season uh they win the supporter shield they win mls cup on that roster in that final you have eddie pope carlos yamosa jeff agus marco echeverry jaime moreno ben olsen roy Lasseter, and richie williams All of them, DC United Legends, Marco Echeverri especially. In my top 10 for favorite players all time is Marco Echeverri. And then lots of drama culminating in Siggy Schmidt being suspended for the first game of the next season. Uh, Schmidt then the Galaxy coach because he came out and... Uh, pretty directly attacked the officiating a la jude bellingham and so i think for all those reasons it was a great game it was a dominant dc united team roy lassiter was
0: awesome and uh yeah 99 was probably my favorite from a fan perspective excellent i want to go back to 99 just like charlie XZX. um anyway (laughs) graham your your favorite is it ronnie dialer's 2021 win
1: A chance I mean, I do like the Portland Timbers, but yeah, from a personal point of view, I I would quite like Ronnie to to win at, at the weekend. But no, I'm going I'm going to pick out a game that probably most others wouldn't pick out, um, but there is a bit of a personal reason. So the, the MLS Cup game I remember most vividly is um, the 2012 MLS Cup final between LA Galaxy and the Houston Dynamo, and that was David Beckham's, I believe, his last match in, in MLS. And um, the reason I remember that that match is because I watched this game in in the pub in Deepest Darkest Perthshire in Scotland and People in that pub were genuinely interested in that game, and this is back when I, I lived at, at home, and I, I would often ask for the MLS games to be put on the TV on a Sunday night, and nobody cared. Let me tell you about those games, but people cared about this one, and obviously you had the whole Beckham redemption arc after a bit of a difficult start start in MLS, and this match gave him the whole fairy tale ending, leaving LA with a with a championship. Obviously, he'd already won one before then, but he, he left with a good memory and um, yeah as I say it was an unusual feeling for me as a British MLS fan to see at that time there was a lot of coverage around that game and so I I just always remember that match a lot
0: What time of day was that in the UK Graham? Was it like 4am?
1: No, I remember it being on at a pretty decent time. I mean, it might have been it might have been a pub lock-in. I might admit we did we did have those at those times, but it, w- it certainly wasn't like four a.m. or something. It, I remember it being like it kicking off in like the daytime um, when it started in LA. So um, yeah, it, it was it was something that I still remember to this day. Well, who doesn't love a good
0: pub lock-in, Joe? Finally, your favourite edition of MLS Cup.
3: Yeah, a lot of these have been mentioned already. 96 for how just darn wet it was and the fact that that ended in a golden goal from Eddie Pope. Just wild. And to think back on that now is a little bit crazy. 2013, Ryan, you mentioned it. Really, really cold. 20 degrees Fahrenheit at kickoff and got colder as the game went on. The field was partially frozen between SKC and RSL in that one. Mm -hmm. Just crazy. And then everyone's kind of had a personal story to go with and i've got one too 2019 was my first ever mls cup getting a chance to go up to seattle i kind of mentioned this earlier 3-1 win for the sounders you could feel the stadium rocking you could feel this giant football field rocking and to look out from the press box and see all of those seattle fans in the stands was was really cool for me i'd never seen something quite like that before in person so those three are the, the three that i had down on my list
0: Look at you 12th manning it up in Seattle. Very nice, Joe. (laughs) Very nice. All right, gents, thank you very much for this MLS Cup chat. Taylor, a pleasure as always. Right back at you, my friend. Joe Lowry, thanks again, sir. You got it, Ryan. And Graham Rutherland, thank you very much.
1: No problem, Ryan. It's always fun.
0: It is indeed. And you want more fun, listener? Tune in next week for another Soccer 101. Bye! (laughs)